Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Well, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here actually recording this in the evening, which I never do, but because my children are on spring break, uh, (laughs) I had to wait until they're quiet, which is right now at about 7.30 p.m. So here we are. And you know, I have to be honest, I was doing some reading and some kind of research and stuff on some of the things we're going to talk about today, just kind of going over some notes. And I really had a little bit of a gut check because There are some things that I have been dealing with with my hormones, and I think that I've kind of found some of the the missing pieces to the puzzle in our topic of discussion today. And we're going to talk about protein and how it relates to female hormones. So if you're a man, I'm giving you the heads up that this episode is going to be for the ladies. So I think it's probably great for you to listen to it because you never know your spouse or maybe you have like a teenage daughter or I don't know, your mom or somebody, you know, they're hangry, they're emotionally all over the place. Maybe they just need some more protein, like get them a subscription to Butcher Box or Force of Nature or something. Send them a a half a cow. (laughs) It might, might make a difference. You never know. The tips that you pick up here could be invaluable to your emotional health, uh, your mental health and to the people that you live with. So take that little nugget for what it's worth. But Here's the thing. We're, we are gathered here today to talk about protein. And I have to say, I think a lot of women are under eating and a lot of women are missing the mark on the amount of protein that they're taking in every day. And I say that because many of us are hangry and we're running around, you know, slinging kettlebells and running the kids around, skipping meals, maybe having a smoothie here and there. And guess what? At the end of the day, we are still, still hungry. Okay. Maybe it like, 4 or 5 p.m., we're so hungry that now we're just binging on a bunch of carbs. But we're generally just under eating, but we aren't getting the right nourishment because our hormones are all over the place. So we see this for a lot of women with PMS, or we see women that have debilitating headaches around their cycle. Well, guess what? If we don't have protein, we can't build the right hormone. So our brain, our pituitary gland specifically, is the one sending out all of these chemical messengers, these hormones. And the brain's really smart. If it knows that it doesn't have the right resources or it knows that cortisol, so that is our stress hormone produced by the adrenal glands, if our stress burden is really high, guess what? Our body's not going to be in reproduction mode. It is not going to favor you know, good, healthy ovulation, which then results in healthy progesterone. So if you are really struggling on the second half of your cycle, got to look at stress and you've got to look at the raw materials that your body uses to make hormone because you might be working against yourself. You might not be consuming the right, the right foods and you might be living a stressful lifestyle that then tells your brain, Hey, we, we really don't need to reproduce because we're just trying to stay alive. And I'm preaching to the choir. So don't think that this is me coming down on you. I, I like legit did this to myself for years and years and years. And I thought I was healthy because I was in the gym and I, I looked good and I felt good. For the most part, but I was pretty much running on adrenaline and cortisol, which really diminished all of my sex hormones. And it became disastrous for my health because I couldn't have children. I mean, it was a whole long seven or eight years where I had a lot of hormone dysregulation. So 
Let's talk about protein because that is one of the variables that we have complete control over. If you think about it, we don't really have control all the time over the air we're breathing or the environmental things that we're exposed to. Like some things we can maybe, you know, get a purifier, filter, whatever. But for the most part, food is the one thing that we get a choice on every single time we eat a meal. So let's talk about what it is that we need to be consuming, what it is that we need to be aware of, the times, all of the things that would be most appropriate that can help you restore hormone balance. Before we get down to evaluating some ways you can incorporate protein and the signs and signals of protein deficiencies, let's figure out, let's talk about what protein actually is. It is basically amino acids. Amino acids are what build protein. So there are 20 amino acids, nine of which are essential, meaning we must get them from food. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just say this. There are a lot of people that are very plant-based, plant forward. And I actually just did, we just released a episode with Chris Cresser and he even said on that episode, and we'll link this one in the show notes too, because I think it's important to reference if, if maybe you're struggling because you feel like, well, I need to go plant-based and you know, I don't know if meat is for me or I feel like I can't digest meat. That's another thing to consider. Maybe you have gut infections. Maybe you have H. pylori. Like if you can't digest meat or you get nauseous, like there's likely something else going on. Let me get back to my Chris Cresser here. So the interview with him, he even said, it's next to impossible to get the nutrients you need on a completely plant-based diet. And like that man knows his statistics and data. So he's not just saying that because he thinks it. He has studied it. That's like his whole life's work is around nutrients and nutrient deficiencies specifically. So I think that that's something to really, really start to consider if you are fully plant-based. And if you look at your really like how your body is feeling, if you're fully plant-based and your hormones are dysregulated, like to me, there's no question, you have to start bringing in some animal products. And the best way to do that is whole forms of food from animal products like eggs and uh, grass-fed ground beef. Like obviously sourcing is really important. So you're not going to want to go get something that's conventional, that's $4.99, you know, on Harris Teeter, whatever your grocery store, Publix, whatever. Like those animals are not going to be the healthiest animals and they're probably pumped full of hormones. So you don't need anything else contributing to the fire of your hormones that already exists. You want to get high quality stuff. But the point being that there are some things you just can't find a workaround. Animal sources of protein are the most complete sources of protein that are made for your body. They're the most bioavailable and complete in their forms of amino acids, meaning that you don't have to go to multiple sources. If you, if you have a plant diet, like a fully plant diet, you may, and people will argue, oh, well, there are some complete sources. Okay, well, but are you eating them every day? Like, are you getting quinoa with lentils and then a side of chickpeas? And that is a lot of work to make sure that you're getting enough variation of plants to make up what you need. And then the problem is that most people have leaky gut and they've got digestive issues. They can't break down all the lectins and phytates and anti-nutrients. So then all of a sudden they're bloated and they're, they've got poor digestion. So you're getting all this fiber, which I think plants have their place. I don't think that that's you know, an argument or a case that I'm trying to make that we should all be carnivore. I'm just saying that we got to have some animal meat. Support, vote with your dollar and buy from good farms. But <laughs> please, for the love of your hormones, get some animal products in your diet because your body and your hormones are designed to utilize that type of food source, those types of amino acids to support healthy production of your hormones. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox there. Let's get back to a little bit of how your body actually utilizes protein to make hormones. So if protein is the building block of most hormones, 
the pituitary gland is the one that's sending the signal. So you're actually sending out signals of uh, FSH, LH, TSH, and prolactin. So you're sending signals to the ovaries, you're sending signals to the adrenals, you're sending signals to the thyroid gland. So these are all really important. They're all endocrine glands that all have a role in how your hormones have this delicate dance with one another. So our pituitary hormones are the ones that are responsible for making ovulation happen. Without them, we cannot make adequate hormones. So a low protein diet has actually been linked with low growth hormone. And we know that low growth hormone has a correlation to longevity. Like if you can't regenerate new cells, new tissue, you know, carry lean muscle mass, then your longevity goes down, right? Your body is not able to thrive the way that it can. Something else that has been studied and looked at are cases of autoimmunity. So low protein diets can lead to more inflammation, autoimmunity, and even decreased thyroid function. Think about it. Your, your thyroid gland is responsible for building energy in the body. Well, if that goes down, now, now not only can we not reproduce, we don't have any energy, and we're probably starting to store fat. So women that are out there, ladies, I see you. You're running around slinging kettlebells and doing box jumps and burpees and, you know, maybe having a smoothie. But you're not getting enough. And then you're one, and, and everybody, you know, it's so frustrating because it's like, oh, okay, well, I can't lose this weight. And so I need to restrict more. And like that is a part of the problem. And here's, here's something else to think about. I know I'm going on so many tangents, and it's probably because I'm recording this at 7 45 in the evening, but here we are. And I think we're, I think we're going somewhere. I'm not sure where. <laughs> we're, we're going somewhere together. So here's the thing if, you, if you're cycling, like if you're a menstruating woman, you're, you're in those like fertile years. The second half of your cycle, you are actually more insulin sensitive, meaning that you can and should have more carbohydrates during that part of your cycle. Now, granted, you should be getting plenty of protein, but you may need to have more calories in general during that time because that is going to support progesterone. Cortisol and progesterone are going to compete with one another. They have an inverse relationship because the body is going to, is going to have to determine, hey, we're going to either support the hormones necessary for ovulation or we're going to support the hormones for survival with your adrenal glands. So if you are going crazy psycho around ovulation and post-ovulation, guess what? Your progesterone is really going to struggle. Progesterone happens after ovulation, but I can tell you, I have tracked this personally, and I have seen it month after month. The months where I have been consistent with my workouts, like doing hard workouts, you know, the entire month of my cycle, the follicular phase and the luteal phase, terrible, terrible ovulation, super long cycle, painful, you know, around like, uh, during my period, it, awful. Okay. So sorry if this is TMI, but I'm just trying to prove my point here. Now, if I work really hard in the follicular phase and then ovulation happens post ovulation, I'm like, Hey, let's chill out for a second and go do a yoga class. And then maybe have some sweet potatoes with you know, some grass-fed ground beef, and hey, I'm going to have an extra little snack before bed to help support my uh, cortisol so that I don't have this blood sugar crash. And if I have a few extra meals in there, that's fine. Guess what? All of a sudden, I'm one, not gaining weight. Like you would think, okay, well, I'm exercising or have a lower expenditure of energy, so probably need to, you know, tighten up the reins on my diet. No, wrong. That makes, that would, in theory, make sense but we're not a calories in, calories out type of piggy bank, right? We, we, we've, we've discussed that even on other podcasts. In fact, uh, if you haven't listened to Jade Tita's podcast, we did that one last year. He's amazing at talking about female hormones and metabolism. Oh my goodness, go listen to that one. Also link it because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but that's a really, really good episode. 
make sure you're paying attention to the different times in your cycle. So let's get back to protein because I know I took a complete tangent there and went off about hormones and cycles. But like I said, we're, we're going to bring this all full circle. All right. So one of the things that protein can really contribute to is blood sugar stability. And for a lot of people, especially if you are getting up in the morning and you're having a smoothie or you're having a banana or a piece of fruit or something like that, you may even notice that you are like ravenous, even more hungry after you have that piece of fruit than if you had just maybe fasted. And that's because a lot of times if we don't break our fast with something like protein that can help stabilize our blood sugar, then we all of a sudden have this huge spike right in glucose. And and then all of a sudden it just like 30 minutes later, an hour later, we come crashing down. Like it's, it, it, it is so dysregulating for our blood sugar that our mood can go from, hey, I am really hungry to now I'm really, really hungry because I didn't even now ghrelin, which is your uh, satiety hormone protein is actually connected to ghrelin in signaling to the brain, hey, we're full. We don't need any more food, right? So if you're just consuming glucose and sugar or you have some sugar bomb smoothie in the morning, oh my goodness, like get ready because, you know, mama's going to be hangry and yelling at everybody. So protein in the morning, and I know that like fruit and smoothies and all that are great, but think of savory meals in the morning. I swear the times I have had like eggs and sausage for breakfast, even in the moment, if I'm like drinking my coffee and I'm like, "Mm, don't know if I'm really into savory right now, kind of thinking I want to have like you know, some coconut yogurt with some berries or something like that. Yeah, I can have that. And I'm telling you an hour later, I'm like back opening the fridge up looking for something else to eat because that did not do it. I didn't get enough protein. So get those savory, get like real food in, get eggs, get some sausage. And honestly, okay, if you're just having like two scrambled eggs, that is not enough protein. We're going to talk about how much you need to get, but that is not going to be enough. So I don't care if you're running a marathon or if you're sitting on your couch, it's just not enough. So let's talk about how much protein is necessary. Now, the old theory was it was around 0.5 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight for women. Now it's kind of moved up to that 0.8 to 1 or a little over 1. Honestly, I feel like most women, especially cycling women, need to be at a gram or more. And and I say that because I think that a lot of women are just not getting enough. I I I see all the dysregulation of hormones. There can be other contributing factors like xenoestrogens, environmental stuff, but I'm just talking about the raw materials your body needs to make hormones. Don't think women are getting enough. So if you're going to do at least a gram per pound of body weight, you need to be having like at least 30 grams per meal, right? So, you know, having one or two scrambled eggs is not going to get you there. So you've got to consider, okay, if I'm going to commit to 30, 25 to 30 grams, and that's just, I would say that's like baseline right? So if you are going in and putting in really hard workouts at the gym, like you need to amp that up a little bit because you've now broken down a lot of tissue and it's got to repair and you need amino acids to do that. So make sure that you're getting it and you're getting it consistently. Like don't have 10 grams of protein and then be like, well, I'm going to have a piece of salmon for dinner. Like good. I love the salmon. I'm all about a good piece of king salmon or aura salmon, whatever like the really expensive fancy one is. I love it. I I will always order it when I see it on the menu, but it's not enough. Okay. You can't just rely on the piece of salmon for dinner for your protein. Let's talk about the benefits of a high protein diet because there's a lot of benefits to increasing and, Im- and improving your protein consumption. So the first one is that it can help with weight loss. Okay. We see this all the time. 
right? Women in there working hard, not able to lose weight. Let's increase protein and see if that moves the needle. One of the, one of the amino acids that makes up protein is called L-carnitine. And you can find this in eggs and grass-fed ground beef and different types of uh, fish and seafood. But L-carnitine increases the use of fat cells for energy, which is really cool. The other thing is that it actually takes more energy to break down protein, specifically as it relates to animal protein. So you're actually going to burn more calories, right? We talk about that a lot of times with different fats, like coconut oil is something um, similar when we talk about breaking it down. Actually, there's a higher level of energy expenditure to metabolize it. So when you pair a high protein diet with exercise, you can really start to see that your body can lean up. You can actually start metabolizing fat more efficiently. The other thing that protein does is it turns off cravings. Now, uh, I know I referenced JT to um, and I'm going to reference him again because I will never forget this. I heard this on a podcast he did like years ago, and it's stuck with me ever since because it makes so much sense. He said, you've got to always look, when you're talking about hormones, you've always got to consider, is your heck in check? Okay, so that's an acronym, AGC. So hunger, energy, cravings. If your hunger is just running wild and you can't, it's like you just can't get full. You know what I'm talking about too. It's like, okay, I'm going to have like one spoonful of peanut butter <laughs> or one square of dark chocolate. And then you're like, okay, maybe I'll just have like one more. Okay. Listen, I've been there. Okay. So you're not alone. We've all shamefully gone back multiple times because we're constantly hungry. Our body's telling us we need something and we have these cravings. Okay. So that's hunger energy. If your energy is like two o'clock in the afternoon, you feel like you need to take a nap. You probably have some blood sugar issues, right? Because you ate a meal and now you want to take, now you want to go to sleep and it's the middle of the day. And then cravings is like, okay, well, are you just, you know, you got to have something salty, you got to have something sweet. Well, hunger, energy, cravings. If those things are off, then we're missing something. Blood sugar is probably dysregulated. We might not be getting the right nutrients. Protein. Go for protein first. Protein, if changing protein, the sources of protein and the amount of protein that you're getting, you change that and things are still off. Then you start turning over other stones. But this is something that everybody can do from home because if you are not getting the results you want, you likely diet is the first place that I would start. Third benefit of a high-protein diet is it pr protects against aging. We all love this, especially the ladies. Adequate protein protects against muscle loss that occurs with age as well as having a positive effect on longevity. So we want to live longer, we want to look good. There we go. Protein for the win. Number four, build muscle and increase metabolism. So I already talked about how it actually has a, there's a higher level of energy expenditure in digesting uh, protein, but protein is obviously the building block of muscle and tissue. And if you want to stay lean, you've got to build more lean muscle. You've got to retain muscle. And as we get older, we actually utilize protein less and then we start to lose muscle. We have muscle wasting. And with, with that, then we have, you know, a, a poor uh, outcome for longevity. So keeping lean muscle on your body is always going to promote health. Okay. And the last thing that we'll say as a benefit is that it helps you sleep. So there is an amino acid called glycine. This is an incredible amino acid. You can also get this, your body makes this, but you can find glycine in things like bone broth and eggs and, and other animal products. Uh, but it actually works on the brain. And that's what really creates this calming effect. So you'll see some people will even take glycine or taurine at the end of the day, because it actually works on the brain, on the neurotransmitters to say, hey, we're going to calm down. We're going to slow things down and we're going to relax because it's time to chill out. So a couple things to look out for 
if you are suspecting that maybe you have a protein deficiency. So if you are frequently hungry, if you have cravings for salt or sweet, if you feel that you're hangry all the time, maybe you've got issues with your hair, skin, and nails. Your nails are really thin. Your hair is kind of brittle and falling out. Um, your skin just lacks that luster of looking really healthy. Um, or maybe you have an injury. You feel like, hey, I just can't seem to recover. This injury just keeps coming back or it's never fully recovered. So I always feel like it's something that I am suffering with. Or your immune system is out, right? You've got you to realize that your body, your immune system even requires a lot of nutrients to operate at its best. If those are things you're dealing with over and over again, protein might be something to address. All right, so I want to cite this one study because I did look this up today and I thought that was very interesting. There have actually been a lot of studies done on protein. You can look all of this up, but I will link this particular study in the show notes. Okay, so this study says that animal protein presented greater gains for lean mass and percent lean mass compared to plant protein. Now, I bring this up because I know that there's this whole movement towards like fully plant-based diets, and I've already kind of addressed this a little bit, but I wanted to at least back it up with beyond just like my own personal feelings with some studies because there is data to support that your body has more bioavailability, meaning that, that the, the nutrients that you consume, so your body is designed to break down and use the natural forms of animal products in the form of protein, specifically when we're looking at muscle meats, that your body can utilize those better than it can plant sources of protein. And that is very meaningful, especially because so many of us are dealing with digestive issues and leaky gut already because we're stressed out and we're dealing with toxins. We got all these things that are putting a burden on our gut. Now, the positive impact of animal protein on percent lean mass could be contributed to its protein quality. Protein quality is dependent on the composition of amino acids as well as its ability to be digested, absorbed, and utilized to meet the body's needs. That's a really important part is the quality and the fact that it can be utilized and digested better than plant protein. Animal protein is deemed as high quality because it provides all of the essential amino acids in sufficient quantities and tends to be better digested than plant protein. Now, here's where I think we can create kind of a, a perfect recipe for health. It's including these proteins as well as plants because plants bring fiber and fiber is actually going to be a vehicle for us to eliminate certain hormones because we've got to metabolize. Like one of the one of the benefits of plants or or uh, plant proteins is that when we're consuming high amounts of these plants, we're getting a lot more fiber. So this is why I think even like carnivore diets just not suitable for a lot of women because we need the fiber to help get and clear out a lot of estrogen. The fiber actually provides a vehicle to do that. So let's kind of do a quick summary. I know we've been all over the place in this podcast. I did was a lot of adaptogens and I had all my oils out. I was feeling really good. You know, I'm in, I'm out here doing this podcast in my luteal phase, which gotta be honest, luteal phase podcast from Courtney. You never know what you're going to get. Follicular phase, Courtney. I am like on the money, <laughs> but luteal phase court is, is a little more like we're going to just go wherever <laughs> I feel like the conversation is going to go. So Maybe this is just going to provide a laugh for you. I don't know. But to summarize everywhere we've been today, gram for gram, animal protein sources are more complete, have better absorption and muscle building effects, and have more additional nutrients and contain fewer, fewer calories than carbohydrates. So carbohydrates have their place. I love carbohydrates. I just ate like 
I don't know, a whole plate of sunchokes. If you haven't had sunchokes, highly recommend a good, a good sunchoke roasted with some olive oil and some sea salt. So good. See, I told you, there's no telling what you're going to get. <laughs> but plant sources of protein can be effective. They can definitely be incorporated. But if you are a, if you are a female, absolutely getting high quality meats in your diet on a daily basis is going to be so critical for you to find hormone balance. All right, guys, I know we've covered a ton of ground. I hope that this conversation, though, has maybe made you think just think about something that might be off. And I know that you all are seeking for answers and you're looking for ways to improve your health. And this is just one of the pieces to the puzzle. So if it is on point, that's awesome. Keep it going. If maybe you're not getting enough protein or maybe you don't know, look at your symptoms and then maybe track them for a couple of days at least and just see, hey, am I getting a gram of protein per pound of my body weight? because you might be really far off. And even if you're not symptomatic, it will catch up to you at some point. Like your body actually has an ability to adapt, which is really cool. That's like a great survival tactic that the body is designed with. But at some point, all of these deficiencies catch up and then the symptoms start to present. And that's when we usually start freaking out because we don't have time, right? We're all busy. We got a million things going on. I got kitchen to clean and I got fruits and vegetables to buy. I got to get online and order all my meat delivery and, you know, all these things. So consider protein, consider the sourcing of your protein and for the love of your hormones, make sure you're getting enough. Okay, guys, thank you for hanging out with me. It's been a wild ride. I thought this was going to be a mini podcast. It's turned out to be quite longer because I got very long winded. I blame the adaptogens and the progesterone cream for making me super chill, even though it sounded like maybe I was yelling a little bit. (laughs) Thanks for joining on this episode. I cannot wait to do the next one. And I hope you guys have a great one. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.